1: This Day in History Class
0: is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show for those who can never know enough about history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the story of how one of the most popular toy brands in the world wound up opening a theme park in its own backyard. the day was june 7th 1968. the first theme park dedicated to lego bricks opened in the company's hometown of Billund, denmark the park dubbed lego land was small at first with just one restaurant and a handful of attractions the main draw was a section of the park known as miniland which featured detailed city scenes and dioramas of real-world locations, all modeled in Lego bricks. About 3,000 guests visited the park on opening day, and by the end of its first year, attendance had soared to 625,000, twice the amount projected by the company. Today, there are 10 Legoland parks spread all across the world, attracting a total of more than 15 million guests each year. The original Legoland park likely wouldn't exist if not for the work of one woman, Dagny Holm. She was the niece of Lego founder Ole Kirk Christensen and the cousin of his son, Gottfried, the head of the company at the time. Dagny first joined the company as an intern in 1936, when she was just 19 years old. At the time, Lego made wooden toys and wouldn't patent its famous plastic brick for another two decades. After her three-month internship in the 1930s, Dagny moved to Copenhagen, where she went to school for classical sculpture design. Twenty-five years later, following the death of her husband, Dagny returned home to Billund and rejoined the Lego group as a model builder. A lot had changed since she last worked for the family business. The interlocking system of bricks that had been introduced in 1958 was now the company's premier product. At first, Dagny had trouble adjusting to the new medium of rigid plastic bricks. She found it more restrictive and less intuitive than working with wood or clay. But eventually, her skill, talent, and eye for design won out. Dagny began building eye-catching LEGO models of everything from modern buildings to medieval castles from realistic animals to fantasy creatures. Over the next few years, the growing popularity of LEGO products prompted the company to open the doors of its factory to the public. Children, retailers, and model builders of all ages began making the pilgrimage to the small town of Billund in order to tour the LEGO factory. The highlight of the tour was an exhibition of large-scale LEGO models, most of which had been built by Dagny Holm. By the mid-1960s, the company was entertaining more than 20,000 visitors each year, and with interest only growing, Gottfried Kirk Christensen started looking for a way to relieve the pressure on the factory tour. What they needed was a place to display their Lego models out in the open, separate from the factory itself. The initial plans for Legoland took shape in 1963, And since the Miniland models were to be the focal point of the park, Dagny Holm was put in charge of the creative design work. She set up shop in a section of the company's old woodworking factory and began to create oversized models of urban settings and popular landmarks. Meanwhile, window display designer Arnold Boutrop was brought on board to help craft the landscape of the 14-acre park, Since Billund is largely flat terrain, Boutrop trucked in thousands of loads of dirt and turf to ensure that Miniland had rolling hills, mountains, and other visually interesting landscapes that would complement Dagny's brick-built models. In the end, Dagny Holm and her team used more than 20 million LEGO bricks to construct the Miniland models. Using innovative building techniques, they produced incredibly detailed, scaled-down versions of famous landmarks throughout Denmark and the rest of the world. Some of the countries represented included Sweden, Scotland, Germany, Japan, the United States, and the Netherlands. To be clear, the models weren't built at the usual minifigure scale that most retail sets adhere to today. That would have made the models much smaller and less impressive in an outdoor setting. Instead, Dagny devised her own Miniland scale, with much larger brick-built characters and buildings up to 5 feet tall or even larger. It wasn't an entirely static display either. Lego cars and trains powered by electricity wove their way through the intricate scenes, and Lego boats in the mini-harbor appeared to move on their own thanks to a clever underwater pulley system. As if she wasn't busy enough, Dagny Holm was also approached in 1967 to design a human-scale Lego train for guests to ride at the famous Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen. She happily obliged, but the train only carried guests on a tour of the gardens for about a year, In 1968, when it was time for Lego's own park to open, Dagny's train was moved over to Billund, and one just like it continues to operate there today. In addition to her Lego train, the original park also boasted a puppet theater, a bike and go-kart driving school aimed at teaching kids proper road safety, and of course, thousands and thousands of Lego bricks for children and adults alike to play with. It was a somewhat modest group of attractions, but it was more than enough to capture the interest of the public and the press. For example, here's an excerpt from a British Pathé news report on the construction and opening of the very first Legoland.
1: Every building here is being made from tiny plastic bricks, bricks that children themselves use for their own miniature playtime constructions. Millions and millions of bricks are being slotted together to build up this colorful dream world. The little plastic world is finished and open to the public. They call it Legoland.
0: Operating a theme park was unknown territory for the Lego group, and the opening day crowd proved to be a bit overwhelming. In fact, Eric Tapdrup, the head of one of the company's design departments, was actually called to the restaurant kitchen that day to help wash dishes. When he arrived, he rolled up his sleeves and took his place at the sink right beside Helga Torp, the Lego marketing director. So, yeah, you know a company's had a busy day when two executives are put on dishwashing duty. The success of opening day continued in the years to come, with the park eventually expanding to include nine additional themed areas spread across 45 acres. These lands, including Pirate Land, Lego City, Knight's Kingdom, and the Lego Movie World, are populated by a host of flat rides, water rides, and roller coasters. The Billund Park remained the only Legoland until 1996, when the first international park opened in Windsor, England. From there, it was joined by three parks in the United States, as well as ones in Malaysia, Dubai, Japan, Korea, and Germany. After falling on hard times in the 1990s and early 2000s, the LEGO Group actually sold all of its theme parks to an entertainment management group called Merlin in 2005. Although LEGO no longer owns the parks, it continues to work in close partnership to make sure they still reflect the quality and values of the brand. One way of ensuring that has been to model all the newly built Legoland theme parks after the original one in Billund. The biggest similarity the parks share is that every Legoland has its own sprawling Miniland area. This shared feature is one of the things that sets Legoland apart from other modern theme parks. Instead of strapping in for a thrill ride, guests are encouraged to tour a highly manicured landscape while admiring the imagination and craftsmanship of the detailed models. In this way... Miniland serves as a kind of throwback to the European pleasure gardens from which amusement parks and theme parks were born. They were places to relax outdoors and see examples of architecture from different places that you might never get a chance to visit in person. That sense of discovery and endless possibility is a big reason why LEGO products have been embraced around the world. Even if you never make it to a LEGOLAND park yourself, you can always grab a pile of Lego bricks and build your own. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way, at this day at iHeartMedia.com. Special thanks to guest producers Joey Patt and Casey Pegram, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
1: Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no sign-ups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app. App and Google Play Stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.